Cause I don't know what to do
Heavenly gracious God, we come before your holy presence. We ask your forgiveness for each and every known sin that's in our lives. And we thank you for what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary for each one of us. As we enter the message, we ask you to allow your Holy Spirit to take it and make it real. Make it real unto that listener and continue to make it real for my life. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask you and thank you. Amen. Welcome back to Challenges of Faith Radio Program. I'm Gary McCants. Thank you for joining. The question is, where is God? Over in the book of Esther, chapter 1, looking at verses 3. Have you turned? All right, ready to follow along. We're talking about providence. When we look at the book of Esther, do you notice? Maybe you've read ahead. That it doesn't speak of God even one time. Did you notice that? Did you notice while reading that you don't even find his name anywhere, not even a hint? As a matter of fact, you don't even find prayer mentioned. And when you really continue to think about the story of Esther, you can't even find it quoted in the New Testament. And when you ponder about it, it's one of two books in the Word, in the Bible, named for a woman. But again, as we look at the story of Esther, we're looking at a, an example, a real powerful example, providence. Because that's how our loving God has directed this universe. You know, the universe where you and I are living in. And not only his universe, notice that it's not yours, it's not mine. We didn't create it. I know there are individuals in society around the globe, irrespective of their titles or zip code, skin tone, trying to play a little G-God. But this is how God is directing his universe, which we're living in, and not only his universe, but all of his creation. Remember, even a watch had a creator. So the question you got to ask and answer why wouldn't God's name be mentioned? And if it's not mentioned, then how can we talk about the providence of God? Well, you know, as you look at the word, the Bible, do you notice how certain books of the Bible teach certain great doctrines of the Christian faith? Do you notice that? And when you get in the word, you notice how redemption is taught in the book of Exodus? You notice how in the book of Ruth, it shows the love side of redemption? Do you notice how the book of Job teaches repentance? Do you notice how resurrection is the hidden subject of the book of Jonah? And so when you really look at Esther's story, do you notice how it didn't begin really in Persia, you know, today Iran. It began in the land of Israel. You know, the one that's in the news. 
But it began hundreds of years earlier in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31. I know you wrote it down. Because you need a one to do your own independent research irrespective of who the speaker is, who the teacher is, who the professor is. And when you get in the book of Deuteronomy, you'll see how that God outlined the children of Israel's history for them. As a writer, I, I, I privately tell the story, because I'm not public, but I privately tell the story how I remember on behalf of our son, our only son, I wanted to make sure that as I wrote the story provided to me from my grandparents on my mom's side that I called mother and dad, that when doing the research on both of my parents' sides and taking it back to slavery and bringing it up to date, that our son knew his history so that whoever wanted to come along and try to confuse him, they were not able to do so. God outlined the children of Israel's history for them. He told them about the Babylonian captivity and also about the Roman captivity and how both would destroy the city of Jerusalem and that the people would be taken into captivity. Did you notice that? And if you're really paying attention, it actually happened that way in which God said it was going to happen. You know, the God who does not lie. You know, men and women, women and men, we're going to lie. That's why we're in need of a Savior. You know, sinners in need of a Savior. Let me take a sip of my water. You knew I would. But everything God has said has come true. He lets them know in verse 18 that I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they have done. Turn to other gods. Idolatry will send them into Babylonian captivity and because they turn their back on God. He says, I'm going to hide my face from them. You're talking about a genuine relationship. You're talking about the creator of the universe, the creator of you and me, and me and you, and the children of Israel, and every other human that's on the Not only do individuals not mention God's name in Esther's story, but do you notice how God has hidden his face from them? And though we know God's character can say with confidence that he's standing in the shadows keeping watch over his own, do you notice how the book of Esther is going to give you and I a record of how a group of people willingly walked out of the will of God and how God kept protecting them from the shadows? Are you able to identify God's protection in your own life? I can He foreknew in my life yours too, believer of the household of faith. And those of you who may not know him who died for you, 
You can't be near death's doorway, the doorway of death 19 times. What that's known of while here on earth. Knowing each time how God stepped in and protected. Look how modern-day Israel came into being, and even today surrounding the war against them. Look at all these countries continuously, continuously trying to destroy them. And you got to remember, countries are made of men and women, women and men. And their motives, whether they're atheists or who don't accept the God of the Scripture. But the children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. Then in 538 B.C., King Cyrus declared that they could return to their land. The problem is they had gotten comfortable in Persia, you know, Iran and knew that Jerusalem had been destroyed. Remember the frog story you always hear me keep saying? Sitting in that pot of water all comfortable. You know, according to the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, less than 60,000 Jewish individuals returned like God commanded. And when you look in the book of Haggai and Zechariah, it lets you know more. Because between these three books, four books, a picture is clear about what was happening back in the land of Israel. And when you look at Esther's story that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks, we see what was happening to the Jewish individuals in Babylon after the captivity. But if you're really paying attention, that's just one page out of the history of experience, and not only of that, but of the record that you can research for you. But in this story, oh, maybe in your story, we see God. We see God. And you got to keep in mind that though the people living in Babylon are not in his will, maybe that's you, God still directs them. God still protects them. And the question you got to ask and answer, just like in your life, how is he doing? By his providence. Remember, God's people is in a foreign land, and they're rebellious to his order to return to the land. And they're out of the will of God. You know, I tell the story, though it may be funny, but it's not funny when you have to go to the woods. But I tell the story about my own personal life. And I know that in 2024, you know, God has made it clear in so many different ways for me to open my lips and tell the story. It's my story. It's not your story. But you may have a story that can be identifiable. Only you really know. But I tell the story out on the missionary sojourn where I know that God the Father looked at God the Son and looked at God the Holy Spirit and said, didn't we tell Gary to go over here? Something is wrong with him. He's way over there. You remember Jonah? And I'm not trying to act like no Jonah, but I'm saying, you remember Jonah? 
all rebellious, out of the will of God. Do you really think that when you're out of the will of God, that God is answered? Do you do you know what the word says over in Psalm 66, verse 18? Believer of the household of faith. You can be in prayer up in the prayer, didn't do anything but hit the ceiling and come back down. They're out of the will of God. So they forgot God because they were far from him. They don't even call his name. And so when you look at the story, do you recognize the decades before when they first came into the land? They said now, over in Psalm 137, verse 4, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Remember the prodigal son? And maybe you are a prodigal daughter somewhere. Your loving parent or parents, whoever raised you in a home of love, if it was a home of love, they brought you up in a way in which God had instructed them to. They sent you out into this cold and different world. You know better. And now you're out there. You got the wrong friend that's led you away from God, the God that you knew was in your life. Particularly you too, guys. So remember how the prodigal son story is about you men. Applicable to the ladies as well, but it's about the sons. Applicable to the daughters. Until they remember who they were in him. Until that son remember, hey, I don't have to be where I am. Let me get up and go home to my loving father. But they couldn't. Israel couldn't. They just sat down and cried when they remembered Zion. But now God's people have forgotten Zion. In fact, it's in the rubble and ruins, and they don't want to go back there. They're not praising God, nor are they praying to him, are you? When was the last time you praised God? Fellowship with the brethren in Florida. And we were talking about how that God, not Gary, and giving honor to him and praising him. January the 1st, 2024, Challenges of Faith Radio was ranked number three out of the 100 top ministry podcasts in the USA. And from January the 2nd to the day of this broadcast, is at number four. And the praise go to God. Because I haven't done anything, nor you, or you, or you. My only role in 2024 was to surrender and obey God, leave the consequences to him. And whatever he's doing in my life, in yours, in yours, in yours, because you didn't tune in by accident. When was the last time you prayed to him? You're telling everybody your problems, including your pastor and the pew members and your friends and your family, whoever comes to your heart and mind, when are you going to tell God? Because God hasn't forgotten them. He's still going to direct them by his providence because providence is the means by which God directs all things, both 
animate and inanimate seen and unseen good and evil toward a worthy purpose. And that means that his will, his will, his will must finally prevail. Or better yet, as the psalmist said over in 103, verse 19, I know you wrote it down, that his kingdom, his kingdom rules over all. Do you think you got it going on? You really think you're in charge? of who you happen to be, whether you're out there in the political world, educational world, medical world, sociology world, you name the world system on your job. In the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, Paul says, Jesus Christ works all things according to the course of his will. The friend of the household of faith, providence means God is turning the universe the way he wants to because guess what? He's running it. Not you, not me, not the local citizen or wealthy persons or criminals, irrespective of where you are around the globe. The Lord Jesus Christ is upholding all things by the word of his power. Have you had a chance to turn over to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3? I know you have. Did you look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 17? Because it lets us know in Jesus all things consist, you know, hold together. And the question is, you got to keep asking, what is it that holds this universe together, especially if you don't want to believe? The creator created you. You didn't create yourself. Think about it. What's making it work like in clockwork today? Think about that individual when you think of NASA or maybe your country, whatever it's called in your country, when you're sending that person out in space. And here, remember how God made it clear in his word how that you can only go so far, even out of earth. Humans are sending AI, robots everywhere. They can only go so far. Do you notice that? In God's universe. The Lord Jesus Christ is running it. He's upholding all things by the word of his power. And when you really think about it, because remember, we haven't left the book of Esther. We haven't even started. But do you notice how God's name, even though it's not mentioned in the book of Esther, but he's on every page? Do you notice when you get into it how you see how he's directing the events of history to accomplish his will, not my will, not your will, but his? And you got to keep in mind somebody has to hold this together. And providence is the way that God directs his universe because he's moving it into tomorrow. And that's what providence means. It means to provide because God is going to provide. You remember what Abraham said on top of Mount Moriah when Isaac said, remember Isaac, the son? Over in Genesis chapter 22, verse 7 and 8, do you remember what he said? Isaac said, where is the sacrifice? Abraham said, God provide. Has he provided for you in your life? God provided 
2,000 years after Abraham on the top of that same ledge that goes through Jerusalem on Golgotha, the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. God provided a lamb with the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And you can see that in John chapter 1, verse 29. When the lamb was offered, do you notice how God provides? you got to keep in mind, providence means the hand of God in the glove of human events because he's the coach, not you. God is the one calling the move, not your pastor, pew member, not that politician, not that wealthy person, not whoever comes to your heart and mind. Do you remember that little baby that was crying? You say, Gary, what baby? Well, you got to wait, hold on now. You remember that little baby that was crying? Moms can identify. And a woman's heart was moved. And it led her by the river now when Pharaoh's daughter went to bathe. And the the Lord pinched little Moses. And he let out a cry to draw her to go down and look at him. Do you notice how God used that to change the destiny of a people? And in Esther's story, we're going to see how one night a king, maybe it's you, and you can testify what God has done for you. But one night a king couldn't sleep, and he didn't have any medicine or pills like you. So he read some records. When was the last time you read and allowed God to use you, to speak to you through his word or providence? But that king not being able to sleep, he read the record. And that night changed the destiny of a people that we'll see because we're going to see the story and I don't want to get ahead where individuals like today in Israel had a hatred for the Jewish people trying to exterminate them. We're going to see providence as we continue to look in the book of Esther. I know you're ready. I know you're ready. To continue to see how God works in the lives of his people, of his children, of you and of me.
born of His Spirit and washed in His blood. And what He did for me on Calvary is more than enough. So I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will
Never fail. 